Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Hi, and welcome back to the Diabetic and Healthy podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. As always, thank you so much for listening. Um, This week I have a very special episode it's another your stories episode so if you follow me on social media you might remember a few months ago I put a bit of a request out for any females with diabetes to come forward um, who would be happy to uh, appear on the podcast and share their story because the podcast has been slightly dominated by men and although I've had some fantastic guys on sharing their stories I would also love to hear from some ladies with diabetes. Well after I put that request out I heard from a lovely girl called Taylor. Taylor is from Ontario in Canada and she got in touch to say that she would be happy to come on and I am so so glad that she did. She's given such an honest account of her experience with diabetes I really think this is this is an important one for people to hear Um, she was diagnosed I guess it must have been about 18 months ago now so it was about three months before um, we started having lockdowns and things like that so it's been a really challenging time um, for Taylor but yeah I won't say too much I will let her share her own story So before I get onto that, a quick reminder about social media. If you're not yet getting involved with Diabetic and Healthy, please, please do. We have a Facebook page and two Facebook groups. They are Diabetic and Healthy Community and also Type 1 Fit. And Diabetic and Healthy is also on Instagram, which is diabetic underscore and underscore healthy. And of course, the podcast which you are listening to, please do hit subscribe and that way you never miss any future shows. Okay, so without further ado, this is Taylor sharing her story. Hi, Taylor. Hi, how are you? I am very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So talking to you all the way in Canada, what time is it there? It is 9 (laughs) a.m. Oh, okay. So are you, are you an early bird? Have you been up a while? Um, no, normally I'm not. No. I would like to say that <laughs> and I try to be, but I like my sleep too much. <laughs> so yeah, I was up at like seven this morning just to oh, that's cool. get that's, ready that's, for you. And... That's early enough. That's early yeah, enough. I try. Um, do you have like a morning routine normally? I know you're from looking at your Instagram, you're into like your health and fitness. Um, yeah. So you do, do you have any kind of morning routine related to that? Um, yeah, I try to stick to a routine. Uh, some mornings it doesn't happen, but yeah, um, sounds life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially with the diabetes. Yeah. But first thing I do is check my blood sugar. <laughs> and then um, I'll make a coffee or actually I'll inject first and then I will make a coffee because I always spike in the morning um, have some water and then if I have time um, I have my 
little gratitude journal that I like to write in every morning. Um, so I'll do that. And then I try to read. It hasn't been happening lately, but <laughs> read a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, and then I'll just, I try to relax in the morning. I need at least like an hour before I can to like actually wake up anything. Yeah. Or talk to anyone. So I find that time is really important, but like I said, some mornings that does not happen because I find my sleep has been awful lately. So I'm kind of just sleeping in in the mornings that's good just yeah. get your sleep like I'm a yeah. lover of sleep too I, I know some people that are like oh as long as I get like four hours I'm good and I'm like I cannot I I'm need- a zombie <laughs> yeah no I need at least seven to eight hours and yeah even then I'm still a zombie someday yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the joy of diabetes sometimes though isn't it yeah, you might think you've had seven or eight hours but your blood sugars could have been doing something a bit different <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't even matter um, mm-hmm. so you are in the world of diabetes reasonably newly diagnosed yes so yeah. when when was your type 1 diagnosis um so I was diagnosed in December of uh, 2019 mm-hmm. uh, it was a week before Christmas um, December 17th is when I went into the hospital so yeah, that's when I was officially diagnosed, I guess. Um, yeah, they thought that I was a type two at first, which I feel happens a lot, especially when you're diagnosed in your twenties. But mm-hmm. I knew that that did not sound right, especially since like I, I just did a fitness competition and I was really healthy and I just knew that it, it wasn't type one or it wasn't type two, it was type mm-hmm. one. Um, but that was just in emerge, like at my local hospital. And then I went to see an actual specialist an endocrinologist like five days after. And that's when he confirmed that I was a type one. So tell us a bit about leading up to that. So you say you'd you'd Mm -hmm. just done a fitness competition. So, you know, as I said, you you can see from your Instagram, you are like a fit and healthy person. So were you feeling fit and healthy (laughs) at that point or? No, no, I was starting to feel just super tired, super weak, um, so thirsty all the time. And I just, yeah, I thought all of my symptoms might have been because I just did a competition and I just put my body through a lot. Mm -hmm. So I just kept like putting it off and telling myself that that's what it was. But Um, that would totally make sense. Like that would totally make sense, but you put your body through that. You're exhausted. Your, your body weight is lower than it normally is. You've been, you know, working out daily. Like, so yeah, I can totally see how you would think well yeah. I just I've just pushed myself too hard like and then also after my competition I started eating differently so I thought maybe that was affecting me too because I was reintroducing like sugar and all of carbs, these carbs carbs yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought maybe you know my body's not used to that so this is how I'm feeling and um yeah so at what point did you think Mm, I think it's more than that actually like Mm -hmm. something's wrong yeah I I knew for like probably I would say like a week before I don't know why but I didn't go to the hospital but I was just I kept putting it off and but I knew because like my 
my aunt is a type one diabetic and I called her and I told her my symptoms and she just told me like, you're a diabetic, you need to go to the hospital. And I was just like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go one day. Um, <laughs> I, I made I'll see how I feel. It's better today. I feel a little bit better today, but my vision was getting really blurry, which was mm-hmm. like scary. I woke yeah. up one morning and I couldn't see the TV. Mm-hmm. So that was like a major symptom. The thirst was obviously really, really bad, but, um, even that I just kept putting it off. And then, but yeah, it just got to the point where you just know, you just know that your body is shutting down and you're Mm -hmm. not okay. Um, But I was definitely stubborn about it. And I just kept thinking, you know, if I, if I just eat healthy, then I'll feel better. I just need to take better care of myself. And yeah, I was definitely super stubborn. Um, And a little bit of denial maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But the one day it was just, yeah, my family knew it too, because Mm -hmm. they could tell that something was really wrong. So they kept telling me to go. And yeah, the one night I actually went to my work Christmas party the same night that I went to the hospital. (laughs) It's confusing for everyone that I got diagnosed because they saw me that night and, Mm -hmm. you know, you look fine to everyone else, even though you feel like you're not fine. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And even when I went to the hospital, um, I was all done up because I just went to my Christmas party. So I bet they thought, oh, you look really well. Like, yeah, like, yeah. fine. She, she's just paranoid. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and what did, oh, what did they say to you? Like they, I'm guessing they ran some blood tests and. Yeah. So, so when I first arrived, like I told the nurse my symptoms and I told her like I think I'm a diabetic and uh she just like wasn't really taking me seriously so she made me wait for three hours or so in uh, the emergency room and there was people coming in and she was just like letting everyone in before me um and I felt so awful at this point like I was just trying not to you were sitting there drinking and drinking and drinking and and peeing and peeing Yeah. And I I think I was like at the point where I was close to passing out, honestly, Mm -hmm. like it was so hard just lying there and my body was in so much pain and yeah, I just wanted relief and I just wanted to see a doctor (laughs) to Mm -hmm. confirm that something was wrong. So I finally got in and I saw the doctor and, um, they just took my blood sugar and they didn't tell me what it was. They just said that it was really high and um yeah so then they did more tests and they did blood tests and the doctor came to talk to me and um like I said he thought I was a type two at first so he told me that and then um and then they did more tests and then they realized that I was actually in a diabetic ketoacidosis because he said there was blood in my urine and uh yeah that's when like everything started to change and uh, yeah he suddenly was very very serious and um he like pulled over a chair to talk to me about it and he just kept sighing and he's like okay so yeah you're not a type two you're probably a type one he didn't want to diagnose me but he knew and I didn't even know like what DKA was at that point so I didn't really understand how serious it was um yeah. And then they did all these other tests and then they got me in a bed and hooked me up to IVs and 
kept me overnight and did blood work every 30 minutes and and then in and in the morning they had a there's actually a diabetic nurse like educator there Mm -hmm. so she came down to talk to me and yeah it's just kind of crazy how your whole life just changes so fast and suddenly I just left the hospital with a bag of needles and test strips and insulin and even then like I I knew that it was a big deal but you can't really comprehend you can't can't process it I don't think and um uh, you know especially during a podcast I've spoken to so many different people Mm -hmm. um and there seems to be almost a trend that you kind of get on with it because you have to and you're you're very practical about things and you know you just like you do what you're told and it Mm -hmm. it can take quite a while for it to sink in like I know with with me you know people were like oh she's taking it all so well and you know she's just getting on with it and it's because it hadn't hit me yet you know it took a good I don't know six seven months to suddenly go oh wow like this is it like this I've got to do this forever Mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's like people think that it gets easier the longer you live with it and I think it's kind of the opposite I think it's I think it was easier in the beginning because it was new mm-hmm. and I was like oh I can do this like this isn't that bad and then like you said after like months of living with it that's when it really starts to hit you and then you realize like this is forever mm-hmm. and and you always think that like you're going to feel better or all of a sudden you're just going to magically be able to control it's gonna click and it's just like day. oh well yeah I get it now like it's easy <laughs> yeah. yeah and and other people think that too like my mm-hmm. my family especially my mom like she's I know she's trying to comfort me but she always says that you know like it'll get better and it'll get easier and you know you'll learn and like and you do but it'll it will never be perfect. You will never just be able to control it perfectly. It's just, it's not realistic. And it definitely takes a toll on your body. Like I have not felt the same since I was diagnosed for sure. But I think what you said there is a massive part of it. And it's actually accepting that because some people chase this perfection they think of one day is going to be a perfect day and I'll have cracked it. And like, from then on, it's going to be easier. And I think accepting that, that's just not diabetes. That's just not type one. Like every day is different. It's always going to be challenging, you know? And I'm not saying that as a negative. I think it's a, it's a positive thing to accept that it's ever changing. It's, it's a condition that you, you can't always predict, you know, you could do the same things, eat the same things, do the same things, inject the same every single day and your body will still like throw up things that that do something completely different and you can't you know you can't pinpoint why you had that spike or why you had that hyper or you know why you just felt crap that day like (laughs) but I think accepting that is 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 a massive part of it you know it's um yeah it's a challenging condition and it's not uh it's not one of those things you just you just master like it gets easier the more you understand it like I'm a massive believer in in knowledge is power like the more you understand your body the more you understand nutrition the more you understand diabetes as a condition you know that makes it easier because you've you know with that knowledge you it it makes your decisions easier Mm -hmm. but um yeah in terms of a condition itself getting easier the condition itself is 
is what it is. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's no, just how we deal with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you, did you find yourself on a bit, on a bit of a low when you hit that point where you were like, wow, this is like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hard for me too, because, um, I mean, when I was first diagnosed, like I said, I was just like, okay, I can do this. It's fine. Like I didn't really even react. I didn't, I didn't cry or anything. It was just like, okay, I have an answer. I can feel better. I can manage this. And then, and it was Christmas. I was really distracted with like Christmas and my family and everything, even though I felt awful. And, um, And then after Christmas is like when it really started to hit me when I was spending more time alone. And then I, it's like every morning you wake up and it hits you, you just feel like it was a bad dream. And then you realize that this is your life now. So that's when it really started to hit me. Like after Christmas, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was a rough few months and I would just cry a lot (laughs) and call my mom a lot and cry and I just let it out and Mm -hmm. um and that's when I like started to accept it more also but then um and then COVID happened yeah in in March (laughs) that that was like three months after I got diagnosed um so it was just a a lot (laughs) to The handle like I just felt like everything was changing so much um yeah and but it also gave me some time to like step back because I, I wasn't working and I was just staying home and so I found that that was actually very good for my management and mm-hmm. for me to just you have more time to like spend on that and yeah 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 and and accept it and it's like anything in life you just yeah I guess you just get used to it it's not that it necessarily gets easier. You just just get used to it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even imagine not having to do all of these things every day now. So, yeah, it's yeah. I, I think um, like a few people have said to me like, oh, like what would you do if you're like cured tomorrow? <laughs> like, well, I could be cured tomorrow, but like I don't think the thought process would ever go. I don't think I'd stop looking at food as like numbers and, and, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about how much I've exercised or how much I'm going to exercise. And do you know what I mean? Cause it just yeah. becomes it part be of your so thought process. Weird. Yeah. I think it would be very weird if they ever did find a cure for us. I feel mm-hmm. like it would actually be bittersweet in a way because it becomes such a part of us. So mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do with myself if I wasn't <laughs> diabetes 24-7. You wonder how you ever thought you were busy before. Like. Yeah, exactly. I feel like life would be so boring without yeah. diabetes now. And like I said, it just like becomes a part of you. So to not have that would be, I mean, it would definitely be nice, but it would also be very weird. Very and strange. Yeah. I'm still a newbie apparently. So <laughs> can't imagine. Um, so you had these few months where you were quite low and trying to come to terms with it all. How did you come out the other side of that? Or do you feel like you have come out the side of that? Or are you still kind of processing? I know. I don't know. Like, I, I would say it comes in waves, honestly. Like, some days I'm perfectly fine and I'm, I'm like, totally at peace with it. And like I can see the positive aspects of it and I try to have that mindset and yeah some days I don't even really think about it it's just like autopilot yeah just get on with your life and and you feel fine some days 
Um, but then obviously as other times it's really hard. Like I find the last few weeks have been really hard for me. Um, I think it's just a combination of everything with like the lockdown and, and everything. I haven't really seen my family since Christmas and I'm working from home mostly now. So I'm just like alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my management hasn't been that great. And I think it's because I haven't been like, I don't know, I just haven't been leaving my house and I haven't been working out as much. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying like it's so it's hard because you feel like you're taking such good care of yourself and like it's still not enough. Like I'm definitely like not drinking enough water and, you know, I, I could be eating more vegetables and I could be moving my body more. And it's probably stress too. Like I, I'm definitely stressed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the last few weeks have been hard. I've been feeling like super burnt out super tired all of the time Mm -hmm. and uh I've just been kind of all over the place with my blood sugars honestly so it definitely takes a toll yeah that's okay I've had it like 15 years and I still go through periods of that I don't know if I don't know if that's a positive or a negative comforting or yeah but people say that to me all the time they're like yep I've had it for 10 plus years and Mm -hmm. I still have those those days and those weeks so but I definitely I can 100% say they get they get less like the periods of feeling like that get shorter and there's a lot more like positive in between but if that helps (laughs) but yeah there's still days and I think it's that kind of snowball effect isn't it sometimes it's actually something else that triggers you to feel a bit down and then I don't know whether that stresses you out. So your blood sugars play up and then you get stressed because your blood sugars are playing up and, it, and it's, you know, it can kind of snowball a bit. But exactly. I think, again, it's it's about accepting that's kind of part of having this condition. Like you, you're not going to win every day. You're not going to be on your A game every day. But mm. as long as the, the majority of the time you're, you know, you're feeling positive and you're, and you're managing it, then yeah. you're doing great. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you were obviously really into your fitness before if you were competing. So what, what kind of competition did you do? Uh, bikini. You did bikini. Okay, cool. So, you know, I did bikini too. So I, I've seen your pictures. You look absolutely amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, and since, since your diagnosis, how has your, obviously COVID has, you know, put a, put a big spanner in the works for a lot of us who like going to the gym, but um, in terms of your diabetes, how has that affected your, your workouts? Have you tried to work out the same or have you adapted your workouts? Um, yeah, at, at first it was hard because you, you just, you don't know how your body is going to react and everything. So I didn't work out for I don't know, probably like a month or so. And they also told me to just relax or like your body has been through so much, like you need to heal, just don't even worry about like working out or anything like it mm-hmm. definitely is beneficial down the road but let's just yeah, focus on getting your get sugar stronger and, and yeah yeah just just rest they told me to you know walk if my blood sugar was under 15 I could do some light walking mm-hmm. um so yeah I didn't go to the gym for a while and then even when I did start to go it was very minimal like I would just maybe go on the treadmill and walk on an incline 
Um, and then I was slowly getting back into it and getting back into like the weights and everything and just mm -hmm. learning how my body reacted, but it was so hard at first. Like I would go low every single time I went to the gym. And sometimes it was like, I had one time that was pretty scary. I was, um, with my friend actually, and we were on the treadmill and we were just like chatting and walking and then I'm like oh like I feel kind of funny and I checked my Libra and I think it said I was 4.5 or something so I'm like okay like I'm getting a little low mm -hmm. and then but I still felt worse than that yeah. so thankfully I had my actual uh, blood meter on me so I just got off the treadmill and I checked and I think I was like 2.5 or something yeah, the Libra's like maybe 10 to 15 minutes behind. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I was, yeah. Doing cardio at the time. And I think I injected like before I went to the gym because I mean, I was still learning. So yeah, yeah. I had no idea that that's a terrible idea. Um, and yeah. And I think, I don't even remember if I had anything on me, like sugar wise, thankfully I live right near the gym. So I, yeah, I was just like, okay, I got to go. And then my friend's like, should you be driving? And I'm like, no, but like, I have to go. So I, I drove home, should not have done that. Um, and I got home and I just ran into my house and started chugging juice. Um, yeah. So that was a little scary. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. So I've had a lot of instances like that at the gym, but I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> probably not inject before you go. <laughs> yeah, don't, or, get, don't get on a treadmill <laughs> yeah, so. then having said that because you're you were obviously into lifting and stuff if you were competing mm -hmm. um then you learn that your body often spikes like your blood sugars will spike if you're lifting heavy so yeah, yeah it's, all just, it's all just a learning curve <laughs> yeah yeah even still like you don't know how your body's going to react when you go to the gym but now I'll try to kind of balance it out with the weights and the cardio and like mm -hmm. I said now I know like yeah probably just don't inject before you go to the gym and um I'll eat some carbs and maybe inject a little bit but not as much as I normally would and then normally I'll now I'll start with weights because I know it's going to spike me a little bit and then I'll finish with cardio to mm -hmm. bring, bring it me down, back down yeah so that's what I find works for me but yeah that's I'm just good. getting back into the weight. So it's hard. I'm weak. <laughs> so sore. You'll, you'll get it back so quick though. <laughs> so. Um, so the gyms are open, but yes, like, kind of not that flexible. Yeah, very limited. 10 people allowed in the gym at a time. Mm -hmm. So you have to book time slots and I'm basically just on, you can join a waiting list at my gym. So I'm just on a waiting list for every day, but normally you can come now. <laughs> Most people cancel or don't show up or, or the, the weather's bad. So people cancel, but thankfully I live right behind the gym. So mm -hmm. I can go whenever. You can so. go at short notice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so I've been able to get in a few times this week and feels good. <laughs> Missed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you find um, like your diet changes depending on if you're going to the gym? Like I know for me, kind of healthy eating and working out goes very hand in hand. And if I'm not working out, like my diet gets a bit sloppy. But if I'm mm -hmm. in the gym, it kind of pushes me to eat healthier and get more protein in. And yeah, that that's true. Yeah, I know what you mean when you're 
doing that you don't want to like sabotage all your hard yeah. work just eating badly but I don't know diet is pretty easy for me like in general like I just find that I eat healthy and it's it's not that hard for me mm-hmm. every now and then I have those days obviously like I'm human where I just want to I just want to eat junk but not very often maybe around that time of the month but mm-hmm. that's about it so yeah I don't really I struggle more with like um actually going to the gym than I do eating healthy oh can we yeah. swap <laughs> well it's the other way around but my my diet's easy I just I oh. eat like the same things every day and just try to eat healthy and, oh yeah. let's talk about that then what is your what's your typical day of food okay so um when I in the mornings I will have uh two eggs and then I'll normally have like um, some carb with it. So yeah, either like toast, um, or like oatmeal or something. And then, um, later in the day I'll have a smoothie. Um, and obviously this all depends on what what your blood sugar is doing. (laughs) Some days smoothies don't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then, dinner I'll normally just make like a big salad or like a big bowl I'll just whatever I have in my fridge basically just put a bunch of veggies and and beans I don't eat meat so I eat a lot of yeah a lot mostly plant-based um besides eggs um yeah that's like my typical day I don't really eat that much I, I should probably eat more um oh and protein pancakes I also really like protein pancakes oh yeah I like so protein pancakes yeah, so I do I switch it up a little bit day to day, but it's pretty much always the same kind of food. So did you struggle a bit when you were competing cuz you like you have to eat a lot when you're <laughs> when you're training. Yeah. yeah, it was hard. Um yeah, I had I had a coach like when I was doing my my prep and I did a prep for 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously like yeah, at first you're eating so much food. Um so that was hard for me and I was eating five meals a day like throughout my entire prep. So it's just so time consuming yeah. like time to eat five times a day and I was working like crazy hours and Oh, it was, it was insane. I don't know how I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like sick and I didn't yeah. even know that I was sick. And yeah, <laughs> um, all my meals. And Is it something you think you would do again? Would you, would you attempt a competition with diabetes? Yeah, I honestly, I don't know. Like I, I think about it all the time and I just don't know. Like I, I definitely am not in a place now where I would want to prep. Mm-hmm. um so I don't know I, I don't want to say never but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I think the diabetes is enough to uh to yeah. occupy to begin with <laughs> yeah like a, a prep is already it's so hard and you have to be so committed and I honestly I don't know if I could do it <laughs> with diabetes I would love to be able to and I have seen like girls do it and and, and guys too I follow some some guy bodybuilders who have diabetes and just like wow good for you like I honestly don't know if I could do it (laughs) I'm just trying to like get through my day yeah (laughs) yeah so we'll see though I don't know I might just try to do a prep but maybe not do a show (laughs) like Mm -hmm. yeah 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 just see yeah yeah (laughs) that's that's a good plan (laughs) yeah um 
so I guess it, you said your is it your aunt has type one mm-hmm. yeah she does so did you already know a bit about diabetes and before you were diagnosed uh yeah sort of definitely I thought I knew but <laughs> yeah. um yeah she was um uh, diagnosed as a type two for like most of her life they thought she was a type two um which didn't even make sense because she takes insulin with every meal and yeah I don't know (laughs) diagnosed so long ago that they just didn't even know and they just assumed like yeah you're and she was diagnosed when she was 30 or around 30 Mm -hmm. um so yeah most of her life thought she was a type two diabetic and then uh she switched doctors or went to see a new endocrinologist and he was just like, no, you're definitely a type one. Um, so yeah, so I was kind of familiar with it, but I didn't really think anything of it because she was a diabetic my whole life. Yeah. So I would see her inject and stuff and I was just like, oh yeah, that's just what she has to that's do. medicine. <laughs> yeah, like I just yeah. didn't really think about it and she didn't really like talk about it or anything. It was just part of her life and she had lived with it for so long. So I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. And then, um, but I also, I studied biology in university. So I kind of under, like, I at least knew that there were different types of diabetes and I mm-hmm. knew, like, I knew that type one was bad. Yeah. <laughs> type two was also bad, but you could like manage it or reverse it with your lifestyle most of the mm-hmm. time. So yeah, I basically just knew that type one was bad, <laughs> but I didn't really understand. And besides her, I didn't know anyone. Mm. like from my town or anything like I'd never met anybody else with type 1 diabetes which is crazy to me now to think about but yeah no growing up I didn't know well I didn't even have the internet I was 18 when I was diagnosed and I didn't have the internet like yeah I didn't I didn't know anyone with type 1 but like you say like now I mean that the type Mm. 1 community online is huge like it's amazing so many people have it like wow where were all these people (laughs) that's what I mean and like I I even like people that I went to school with and I wasn't really friends with but Mm -hmm. like they had it and I didn't even know they had it so now I'm like connected with them and we talk all the time and yeah I just had no idea besides yeah like I said besides my aunt like I didn't know anyone who had it and how, but like personally, how have you found like the kind of the online, like the, the Instagram community is, is huge. Oh, yeah. the type yeah, ones. It's, like, it's have amazing. you found it helpful or have you found it a bit maybe overwhelming this early on? Um, no, I'd say mostly it's, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, at first it was overwhelming um because I I would just have people messaging me and like giving me advice and I didn't even know what they were talking Talking about about, yeah (laughs) yeah and and they were like I don't know talking to me like I know they were just trying to be helpful but they were like telling me things like oh like you can work out it's so great for your blood sugar it's like just go work out and I'm like I just got diagnosed like a week ago Like I'm not in that shape to be like, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. So I was getting a lot of like unsolicited advice, Yeah. Um, but, but no, I would say mostly it's just helpful because you just realize that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be really, really hard if I didn't have that. And like we just said, like you, you don't really know anyone like in person. Mm -hmm. 
who has it. So um, yeah, so it's nice some days to be able to go online and not feel so alone. But then, mm-hmm. but then yeah, also some days it is overwhelming when you go on Instagram and it's just everyone like talking about diabetes and you just some days you just don't even want to like want to think about it yeah pretend that you're not a diabetic and yeah you don't want to talk about it or anything so both but mostly positive and Mm -hmm. yeah I I love that there's so many like I've seen so many inspirational people with diabetes on there like especially in the kind of fitness world Oh, I know. You just see and you think like to be in the shape that you're in and to look that amazing and be doing what you're doing like physically like yeah. is you know it's it's definitely people like that I can look at and be like do you know what this isn't that so you know this isn't that bad like yeah if you can, if yeah. You can do that and you can be that active and you can be that strong like so yeah. can I like <laughs> yeah exactly it makes it feel not so bad and it motivates me for mm. sure <laughs> definitely it's helpful um so as we said still quite new to you but Mm -hmm. is there any advice that you would give for anyone who is just being just being diagnosed or you know going through those very early stages where everything's new and everything's overwhelming like is there any advice that you would give to to anyone Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. And like, I think about this a lot, like what I would say to myself. Is that anything you wish someone had told you like early on when when you were being bombarded with information? Is there anything that you wish? Oh, I wish someone had just sat down and. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, I honestly, I would, I would love to tell someone that, you know, it, it gets better and it's not that bad, but I feel like I wish someone would have been like just real with me when I got diagnosed and just told me like, you know, this is going to be hard. It is not going to be easy. And, you know, it's never going away. And uh, I don't know, I, I wouldn't want anyone to sugarcoat it for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think that helps anyone yeah, absolutely. Um, with this diagnosis. Like there definitely are positive aspects that come from it. And um, but yeah, I just wish someone would have told me like how, how difficult it was going to be, but how like, how it's tough, but you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> Rather yeah. Than, oh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I find that that's more helpful than people just telling you that everything's going to be okay. And like, you're going to be fine and it'll get easier. So yeah. And I actually, I actually did um, kind of like diagnose this uh, girl in the summer she was she's like from my town and we followed each other on social media and uh, she was messaging me asking me about what my symptoms were before I got diagnosed Mm -hmm. and so I told her and then she was saying that she had similar symptoms but she was the same as me she was in denial she didn't want to go to the hospital waiting to feel better magically (laughs) yeah she's like oh I'm overthinking I'm sure it's fine um and yeah, she kept putting it off. She's like, I'll go, I'll go to my doctor next week. And I'm like, can you please just meet up with me and I can just check your blood sugar and then we can just know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did. And I didn't even think about what I would do if her blood sugar was high or how I would react or what I would say to her. I just was so focused on like meeting her. Yeah. And um, yeah, I checked and my meter said, you know, when it just says high, oh, it just says high. Yeah. It's like so off the scale. Yeah. It's probably like over 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it, it's, it's weird because I feel like I reacted more to that than when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Like I was so more emotional because for her. Yeah. yeah. yeah like I automatically just had tears in my eyes and I started like shaking and I was, but I was also trying not to freak her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting, but I felt so bad for her. Like just knowing what she was about to go through. Mm. Oh, that broke my heart, honestly, more than when I got diagnosed. Yeah. Isn't um, it weird the way we do that, though? Because I, I still always yeah. think, like, you know, I'm a mom and, you know, I've got a partner that I love. And I I still always think, I'm so glad it's me. Like, yeah. I can deal with it because it's me. And I think I would be a mess if it was one of them. <laughs> yeah. No, I always think that, too. Yeah. I, I will take it. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone else to deal with this, but I can handle it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, I felt really bad. And I, I was tr- really trying like not to overwhelm her, but she started asking me all these questions and I was like, I don't want to officially diagnose you yeah, so as a type one, get you, you to a doctor at all. Yeah. She's like, what does this mean? Like, what do I have to do? And I'm like, just go to the hospital. Like they will tell you everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but wow. I was not prepared for that. And how is she doing? Um, she's okay. Like we, we talk a lot now. Um, uh, yeah, she's definitely had some, some hard days and I think she has a really long honeymoon period because Mm -hmm. when she was first diagnosed, she was like barely taking any insulin and she was going low a lot and she would send me her graphs and like her graphs were always super like low. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but I was like the opposite when I was diagnosed. I was high for weeks. Like it took me such a long time to get down. But I think that I, I was, um, I don't know. I, I was more far into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I was like, yeah, like she wasn't in DKA or yet anything. Mm-hmm. So I think we caught it at a good time. Yeah, and yeah, I think hers is maybe like slowly progressing, and I think she's having to to up her insulin. So that's definitely hard because she'll message me and just, yeah, it's just so inconsistent. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. Especially when you're newly diagnosed, cause yeah. yeah, you are still figuring it out and your body's changing and your pancreas could be just killing those cells off more and mm-hmm. more and more. So yeah, but, but I'm glad that I could be there for yeah, her. Like amazing for her, but she has you. <laughs> yeah, she tells me that all the time, which Aww makes me feel good and I'm glad that I could be that person for for somebody else mm-hmm. so and I'm really glad that she reached out to me and messaged me and didn't yeah. wait longer so mm-hmm. Crazy. there we go little guardian angel for her yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well thank you so so much for coming yeah. on and yeah. sharing your story and being so honest mm-hmm. um and yeah, it's like we've said, like, sometimes it doesn't need sugar coating. You just got to say it how it is. And that's yeah. what people need to hear a lot of the time. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. And it's been absolutely lovely yeah. talking to you. Yeah, you too. Um, do some gym workouts for me because we still can't <laughs> go here. I will. I've <laughs> got like another seven weeks. <laughs> at least at least so yeah I'll be I'll be counting on you to work out for me now <laughs> I will. Uh, thank you so much and um yeah take care thank you have a good day and you bye, bye. Taylor. 
Another massive thank you to Taylor for coming on and, like I said, giving such an honest account of her experience with diabetes so far, all the kind of highs and lows emotionally that we have with a condition. Um, I think it's really important to talk about that. Also, if you look at Taylor's Instagram account, you just see this beautiful, healthy, fit, strong young woman and you would have no idea that she had been, you know, struggling the way that she has been. Um, she's, she's really, really inspiring. Anyway, so a big thank you to Taylor. I really hope everyone enjoyed listening to her story. Um, if you would like to come on and feature on the podcast yourself, please do get in touch, male or female. I'm, I, haven't, I haven't closed entries to men. Um, you can drop me an email. It's charlotte at diabeticandhealthy.com. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and stay happy. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues. Head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families. All the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes. Before making any significant lifestyle changes, do consult them with your doctor. 